So today is actually the last part of our Way, Truth, Life series, and uh, the title for today is Back to Life. Falling on Easter Day, of course, it's almost like it had been thought through. Now, I want to tell you, I'm a little bit skeptical about something to do with Easter, and the thing I'm skeptical about is, in fact, the Easter Bunny. And uh, I can get a bit concerned about the Easter Bunny, really, because it's almost as if we, we've set things up, society has set things up to worship the Easter Bunny. I mean, you may think that's a bit OTT, but if you look in the Bible in Exodus, you will find, at chapter 32, an account about a golden calf. And what happened was the, the people of Israel, God's chosen people, were waiting for Moses, their leader, to come down from the mountain where God was talking to him and giving him instructions. And they got terribly impatient waiting for Moses. When will he come back? When will he come down from the mountain? And so they persuaded Aaron, kind of next in charge, to make a god for them. And Aaron gets gold earrings and stuff from them all, melts them down, and makes this golden calf, which they, they decide is a god. All of which is going on while God himself is telling Moses that he wants Aaron and his sons to be priests. And there's, there's this priest to be making this golden calf. And God is very, very, very cross about it. So I wonder what God would make of our um, Easter bunny, which everybody gets terribly excited about, our golden, not calf, but our golden bunny. And I think, I'm, I'm joking a little bit, of course, but there is a danger that we lose sight of what Easter is all about. It's not about eggs. It's not about the Easter bunny. It's about, of course, Jesus. And there's a big difference. You see, I don't for a moment believe that there really is an Easter bunny going about the place dishing out chocolate eggs to people. I don't believe that for a moment. It's just, it's just a fun story. But there are people, you know, who think that Jesus is just a made-up story, a kind of a fairy tale figure, much like the Easter bunny. But he isn't. And I really want to make that point today, that the Easter story that Jesus lived died on the cross and was resurrected is no fairy tale. It is what actually happened. Now, we all have doubts from time to time, and that's fine. We, we, we all have doubts. So long as doubt leads us to find things out, if doubt leads us to look at the evidence, and that evidence leads us to the right conclusion, then doubt has been a helpful thing. But I want to really have a go at the doubts that some of us might have, especially this morning, of all days, Easter day, let's have a go at what we can truly believe in. And we truly can believe in Jesus and what happened at what we call Easter time. And we can take some comfort from our doubts when we look at Jesus' first followers, his closest friends, and particularly Thomas, one of Jesus' 12 disciples. You see, what had happened is after Jesus was resurrected, he appeared to Mary Magdalene, and then to the disciples, excluding Thomas. Excluding Judas, of course, who had another fate, but also excluding Thomas. So you can imagine the excitement that the disciples were filled with. They've seen the risen Jesus, and they must have been incredulous. They must have been so excited about it, and they're all talking about it. But poor old Thomas has left, been left out. He's missed out. How would he have felt? It was a week or so before Jesus appeared again with 
with Thomas this time present, and we'll, we'll have a look at that in a moment. But how must Thomas have felt? All his friends who've been with him for the three years that they've been following Jesus, they've all seen Jesus, the risen Jesus. They must have been filled with excitement about it. But poor old Thomas hasn't seen. How must he have felt? Well, let's have a look at what happened when Jesus came again. And this time Thomas was there. So I'm reading from John chapter 30, sorry, chapter 20, verses 24 to 31. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, the twin, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. We've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands... And put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side where Jesus was speared in the side. I will not believe. Now that is a strong statement. All of his friends are telling him, we've seen Jesus. We've seen the risen Lord. He's not, he's not expressing some minor doubt here. How strong is that? Unless I see the wounds, unless I can put my finger in, put my hand in his side, I won't believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, and the doors were locked because the disciples were fearful of the Jews coming to get them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting. And believe. And that is the message today. Stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. Stop doubting and just believe. What do you believe? I wonder what you believe today. What's your level of doubt today in this incredible Easter story? Well, if you believe the Easter story, if you believe Jesus really did die and was resurrected then you can have new life. You can be brought back to life. The promises of a life eternal, but a new life now as well. A new life today as well. Don't miss this. Don't miss it in the doubt. A new life eternal is promised, but a new life today when we die, God offers a place with him eternally. He brings us back to life in that sense. But he also offers death to our old life now. Death to our sinful nature today. And a rebirth with him. Made possible by Jesus. That's what baptism signifies. A death, a dying to the old life and back to life with God. That's what baptism is all about. Death 
to the things that are not of God. And a new life, a rebirth with him. God, our sovereign Lord. God wants to kill off the doubt in you and in me. When he takes us through trials, he's after killing off stuff that is not of him. And giving us new life. A life in all of its fullness. Last week we, we heard again the story from John's account of Jesus' life about the gardener. God the Father as a gardener. Pruning back the dead wood. The dead branches of the vine, Jesus. God wants to kill off the stuff that is not of him in you and in me. And bring us to a new life with him. Life in all of its fullness. Life in abundance. God prunes us and shapes us, kills off the things that need killing off. And that might be shame for you. It might be time for you to let go of mistakes of the past once and for all. And here's a challenge for you. All of the stuff that you've done, if you're still clinging to the shame of that, just have faith and believe. Was the death of Jesus Christ not enough? Was that not enough somehow? For your shame. Today is enough. Just forget your doubts and believe. And don't be afraid either. Don't be afraid of your doubts. See how mercifully Jesus dealt with Thomas. In fact, he, he treated him much as he treated the other disciples. If we go back a few chapters, just a chapter or two in fact, just on the screen. This is what Jesus did when he saw the disciples without Thomas. On the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. He showed them too. He was just perfectly fair in this. He showed them. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. We didn't get to see Jesus in the form that the disciples did. We didn't get that evidence. Jesus was so fair to Thomas. He didn't criticize him, didn't have a go at him. He showed him just as he'd shown the other disciples. And we don't get to see that, but blessed are those who believe without seeing. But we do have some evidence. And it's right there in this story. What could possibly have changed these men cowering in a room? What could possibly have so transformed them that they go from being locking themselves away in a room to starting this incredible church, this incredible movement? What could possibly have changed them so utterly? But Jesus actually being there and Jesus actually breathing on them, the Holy Spirit. What possible other explanation could there be for billions of followers of Jesus? Millions upon millions upon millions of people meeting together today to celebrate this most incredible day in history. What possible explanation could there be except the risen Jesus Christ and the power of his Holy Spirit available to you and me today? Stop doubting. 
let die the things that God wants to kill off in you. And just believe. Amen.